you played all week really to win and now this is just what is this yeah look he doesn't know what to do everything's <laughs> can see and feel everything all across the line a watery grave all that adrenaline and he gets a hot bounce <gasps> All right, here we are for episode number seven, How Time Flies. This is Full Swing Thoughts. I'm Shane. I'm here with Sam Wyman and Alex Myers, all of us from Golf Digest. And today we are talking about the Sahith Thagala and Mito Pereira episode. Guys, uh, it's something we were all talking about last year. Uh, definitely not an invented discourse. There were so many expectations for Mito Pereira coming into 2022. We all agree. We we're all, I mean, like it was the talk of the golf world. Everybody was saying it. Uh, I, I, just, I, I joke, I jest at the start, Alex. Uh, I I actually did enjoy this episode, but like right away, I, in fact, yeah. I wrote in my notes in all caps, God, right away. Like they can't help themselves. This thing about Mito Pereira. He won three times in one season. And if you do that, you get what they call an automatic promotion or a battlefield promotion. Pack your bags, Mito Pereira. You're going to the PGA Tour. The expectations uh, behind him, like unbelievable. Uh, made me laugh. Yeah, it's funny. Mito Pereira has actually became, at the end of last year, the darling of like the gambling golf Twitter, which is a subset of golf Twitter. A subset? Already a very small... <laughs> subset of twitter although powerful as we saw with this swoken bridge uh debacle but no it's funny because other than that you know i don't think he would really be on many golf fans radar now you know they did they did get across the point that he did have the battlefield promotion from the corn ferry tour which is very impressive and and rare uh but no it wasn't you know, 2022 wasn't the year of Mito. We weren't, you know, <laughs> weren't all prepared for for him to take the PGA Tour by storm. I mean, in fact, they keep they portray that, but then they kind of slip in that he's a 27 year old rookie and he's like a old for a rookie. So if you're that big of a hot shot, you know, you probably should have gotten there before age 27. But I'm with you, Shane. Like the episode still worked for me, and and they did it. You know, right off the bat, you could see they were setting up the contrast. He had the expectations. So he didn't have the expectations uh, as much. And and they kind of went from there. But um, Sam, what did you think? I, I mean, yeah. also, I liked it. It wasn't one of my favorite ones, but um, I still liked it. Um, I wrote that down, that quote. I think it was Amanda Renner, maybe it was Henny, uh, who said, uh, Mito Pereira garnered a huge amount of attention, whereas Tagala doesn't have that pressure, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, to me, they were projecting on to golf something that you might see in like football or NBA, like number one draft pick, rookie season coming up. That happens very rarely in golf. Very, exactly. More often than not, uh, a guy receives attention when they suddenly do something. You know, the, the rookie who has, who just arrives for their first tournament of the season is very rarely a known entity and there's not this right. huge element of pressure. You know, Tiger Woods, who else would you put in that category? Uh, well, turning Bry Bryson pro, Matthew would Wolf, be the most recent Bryson. Guy. Like Spieth to some extent, even, yeah, but, yeah, even, but even, even, then, then, even then he had to well, succeed first. Yeah. Spieth had to win the John Deere to kind of really right. get on, on the map. So yeah. I'm with so, you. Yeah. And that's why it's funny because like once Sahith almost won in Phoenix, if anything, he had more expectations going forward than, than Mito. Totally. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. So as relates to 
how I felt about the whole episode. I felt like this was, again, one of those where I kind of saw the stitch work a little bit more than I would like to have. Right. I felt like mm-hmm. yep. they were they were um, trying to create a storyline that I don't think they needed to work as hard as they did. Exactly. Exactly. There was enough there and there were some compelling elements, but they tried to sort of draw out certain elements that I thought was fabricated or not fabricated. That's not the right word. Yeah, that yeah. was just embellished. I know I agree hundred percent because you have two great characters. And again, kind of like, you know, the Finau and, and not really more, but like just kind of not your typical tour guys who you, you, you know, see another Sahith growing up and, um, just from different backgrounds and, and you had great stories, uh, with them and they're being rookies and then both suffering, just rushing losses right now. I'm more proud of the way you hung in there or, or disappointed with the finish. A little, little bit of both for sure. Oh, thought I, sorry. There was enough to string that together. Uh, so I, I I agree. The fact that they they didn't really have to set up that extra contradiction that they that they they like to do, but for whatever reason, I mean, I get it. I guess if you're if you're not watching at all, of course you would you would listen to all those all that and and totally buy it. But uh, if you've really followed golf, it it you're right. You, it kind of it hits you. It's also interesting to me that I I had thought from the interviews I did that they were going to keep going with the gala. He had a couple other pretty close finishes and yeah. then uh and then at, where was it the memorial he had a really good finish and then it was supposed to culminate at the bmw where he had to play really well to make the tour championship which he did right. and I, I thought it was going to go into more close calls and then the redemptive story of look how well he played in the last day at the bmw and he makes the tour championship as a rookie so yeah it's like it kind of feels like missed opportunities a little where you're like you wasted all this time creating this narrative and you could have strung it like along with Okay, fine. Mito blowing the PGA is a far bigger story, yes. But you could have kept going with the gala instead of just showing him watching the PGA. Oh gosh, watching Mito at the end of the PGA Championship was was brutal. I was really pulling for him, for a rookie to be in a position to win his first PGA tournament at a major championship. Pretty wild. And there was a conclusion to that, which we're definitely not going to see in the last episode, I think, because that's all about the Open Championship. That was one of the things I also wrote down about this episode that I felt was a miss, which which was, look, um, we have already covered Mito Pereira's collapse at the PGA. Now, granted, we didn't cover it in depth right. uh, in, the, in the first episode, but you had this moment and then you have what what five months of golf to be played after that. Not a single mention of what the rest of his season was like, how it affected his psyche. You know, what what was life like for him? That was the opportunity here, you know. I just felt I can't believe it because we talked about Matthew Fitzpatrick's bunker shot on 18 at the US Open and how well they covered that. Mm-hmm. This was probably arguably one of the you know the second biggest shot of the year or one of the biggest shots of the yeah. year. I felt like they they didn't do it justice and they certainly didn't do justice sort of the the toll it it took on him both short term and potentially long term. And if if the answer is there wasn't any toll on him that he got, he moved on, I'd like to know that too. So, yeah, wasn't there even in the preview the week before they say like we're going to talk about the PJ Championship and he like flips off the producer like I don't even think was that yeah even like it? that would be great you know yeah. like what was it like for him in July and August right. uh, when he was still living with that or was he li- living with that and, and to Shane's point it's true like they they 
you know, they both kind of walked away from those close calls and are like, well, hopefully I'll learn from him and be better. See, he was better for it. He, he, he ended up having a great rookie season. If it wasn't for Cameron Young, he would have won rookie of the year. Um, he makes the tour championship. I could, you know, they could have had Amanda Renner making the tour championship as a rookie is an amazing accomplishment. They could have had that. <laughs> I mean, that, it would have been the perfect soundbite. And, um, you know, he did have a great season. He did move on. He did show resiliency after that. Uh, by the way, I mean, they, they could have even done a better job. Where is he going? Where is he going? Right in the middle. Right in the middle of the green. Middle of the green. Settle down. Settle down. Stop. Stop. Oh, wow. Is it up? We don't know. Please tell me. Safe? Safe? Is that safe? Guys? Oh, no. Put a mark where the ball crossed the line. A watery grave. He got screwed on that bounce into the wall. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 Amazing shot. they had the dad kind of say it like, oh, that was a good shot. But like, maybe they didn't want to make him feel like he was, you know, sour grapes or something. But like, he really got a bad bounce. And I mean, that just, again, the, that just shows you the margins out here, how close they are. Um, you know, we talked about female last week going on the hot streak because. Piercy collapses. Well, Saheeth could have won if he didn't get a bad bounce on a great shot. So um, I agree, Sam. They could have they could have honed it on both those moments, uh, those turning point moments for both those guys' careers a, a little more. And then, yes, to just kind of cut it off there. Um, now, again, the casual person watching is like probably not thinking, oh, wow, well, there was six more months of the season or whatever. But to us, we're kind of like, well, what happened after that? So sure, you know, it was bizarre. Well, let before we go down the 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 road of of things we didn't like, let's just touch on one of the things I really did like, which I thought uh, Thagala and uh, his dad and that whole sequence of Phoenix, I thought really oh, worked for me really well. His, you know, the, his dad, um, you know, watching ha- that tee shot on seventeen, and he mm. goes, "Please tell me, safe?" Like he yes. he literally didn't know. <laughs> it was incredible, and then. Uh, they have his his press conference where he's obviously gets emotional. This is yeah. and then I told him, hey, winning is not easy, you know. Uh, it makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. I'm really really proud of what he has accomplished for sure, for sure. Yeah. His dad talks about how uh, Shane. I thought of you as someone who is obviously struggling with your emotions this week and and crying at at, at you know on cue. Um, yeah talks about expressing your emotions how that's healthy and there's nothing wrong with that and that's the best way to live that that was um you know that was the kind of stuff we want it's, you know kind of humanizing these people and their families and and their journey and that that was uh very impactful for me i cried 19 times during this episode uh <laughs> now the <laughs> the uh, little inside dope here the day i covered uh for writing the feature about the series the day i was on site was at memphis and they were following thegala this was like they they parachuted in basically the cruise to write the rookie of the year story. And I followed him uh, and I got an up close look. His dad was going with him in the gallery and his dad is so funny. His dad will talk to anybody and talk at length. Like his dad is very outgoing. Thigala Sahe says that he's shy. He didn't really come off as shy uh, right. in the thing, but, but he says he himself is shy, but his dad, and so they mic him up and like Chad Mum was telling me, the guy's like ideal because, you know, he's going to talk for three hours and all you need is like one good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the people around him, it, it was it was very funny and like very awkward for them because they knew they were on camera. And here was a guy who knew he was on camera, but didn't care. Like, you know, he's in his element and these mm-hmm. other people are, you know, he's talking to them all and they're, they're very stilted and trying to make conversation. And at some point the Netflix people, um, 
Is it Michael Beard, uh, the Pepperdine coach? Michael Beard was there, saw his college coach, and they roped him in into walking uh, with the father. And he was also very hesitant and very kind of like awkward around the cameras as any normal human would be. And the father just kept peppering him with questions. And at one point I wrote down that they were talking about like what he ate for breakfast, what Sasha ate for breakfast. And they were talking yeah. about like cereal and like how much milk he uses. And it was just like a funny insight mm-hmm. into the, the production process, which is like, we're going to have, and it made me pity the editors. Like we're going to have five yeah. hours of content of just awful content, but yeah. there may be 30 good seconds or 10 good seconds that we're eventually going to use. And Sam, I totally agree. Like his dad was great in this. And that, that moment in Phoenix where he's like, is it safe? Is it safe? It was perfect. And you only get that because you're there the entire time. Sure. You know, right. it, was, it was pretty funny. Right. Yeah. Uh, second, second straight uh, episode for me where the dad, a dad was the MVP last time it was Fino's dad. And this time Tigal's dad. He, he was tremendous. Um, you know, obviously they had great access with Mito as well. The You could make a case that, you know, I, Mito grilling also could be the MVP. I'd love to go to his house for dinner. It looked like yeah. he was really, uh, cooking up a storm there. So they had great access with both these guys. And so, again, to Sam's point, like, you have the access, you have cool stories, you had great things unfold maybe not so great for the players themselves because they lost those tournaments but you had great storylines unfold you just didn't need to really contrive anything else the one other thing i would say that felt i know we were trying to say positives here but let's the one other thing that felt not forced but just is a little weird is like it's like rookies rookies um these two guys these two guys and i get neiman is mito's friend and there's the connection there but then they like really dove in on neiman for like a good chunk and it just it felt a little out of place because like i mean again most people would would probably not even realize it like oh it, it, he but like he's not a rookie he's been they established he's been around for a few years anyway to me i just thought that that was yeah i, mean, I didn't mind that a little bit yeah just because that was his his con- you know not his contemporary he's actually older than him but yeah. his, his his guy you've seen tiger since i was five years old and just watch him received the trophy with him by his side. It was just, I mean, I'm just really proud for him. Pushing 63, 63 out here. And for him to do it here on this golf course, he did that, he proved it, and he he deserved it and he earned it. So congratulations. This guy went wire to wire at Genesis, gets, you know, gets introduced by Tiger. So it sort of shows um, this is, you know, kind of what he wants and what he aspires to. Okay. So, yeah. so that that didn't bother me. I, I will say, and and maybe this touches on that. We've talked a lot about how difficult it is for them to do what they're doing, in the sense that if we're comparing it to Drive to Survive, what is it? Twenty races? Now, how many races are there during the? Uh, it's cl- it's close to twenty if it's not okay. twenty on the nose. So yeah. twenty races, twenty drivers. But in, even in that case, they're all at the same race. So when there's right. when there's a dramatic <laughs> yeah. event. You know, every, you can all see it. Really, there's 150 players in the PGA Tour playing 30 tournaments. I can't do the math. There's like 45,000 different rounds of golf that need to be covered. Is it? Did I do the math? 30 right? tournaments, that... like 50 tournaments. Okay, but so so. No, I know there's way more yeah. to cover. There's so yeah. it's oh, yeah. so difficult. So very difficult. Um, it's it's almost like a unicorn. You have the we're covering the golem, and he hits right. it in the water on uh, at Phoenix. And right. you have Pereira, you're covering him, and that happens. So they're right. so fortunate because other than that, it's really hard to um, sort of pinpoint these dramatic turns of events in mm-hmm. a tournament in in the way that they can with Drive to Survive where there's a crash and something goes wrong and they, they can yeah. kind of chronicle the whole thing. It's right. just so much more difficult. So 
you know, I just, I just, you know, I guess I find myself being critical at times of some of the sequencing and the play-by-play -play of the tournament. But then I realized this is really hard to do it in the way that that you know, in this, in the, to compare it to some of these other sports. Incredibly hard. I mean, we obviously, even from a week-to-week -week basis, we've all heard how difficult it is just to broadcast a golf tournament. I mean, they're not on just a racetrack where you can see everybody at the same time. I know F1's a little more spread out. It's not just a circular track, but like, you know, I mean, a golf course, you're spread out over miles and miles of land with all these players. And, and again, all these tournaments that you mentioned. So very tough, but when they, when they are on someone and something great happens, you know, you hope that they capture it. And they did. I had, you know, the, the stuff, I, they could have gone even more on the shot on 18. I agree, but they did have some good stuff following his wife. By the way, how about his wife kind of jinxing him? Because with that car, I know we are going to win. She says, uh, "Yeah, he's going to win this or something." On yeah, 18. Like, I mean, I was like, "Oh, yeah." No, oh, I think oh. it was. I think it was actually the caddy's wife after sixteen. No, was I like, no, yeah. she was. More it was her. 18. Yeah, and then Antonio, after the after that par, I know they're going to win. Yeah, after oh, I know yeah. they're going to win now. It's like I wrote that. Yeah, likes. Uh, but, uh, no, I thought they had good stuff with, with her, with, with, um, you know, with following them around on 18 again, him mic'd up on the T says like, I fucked up on the 18 pole or whatever. I mean, it was, it was really cool. And you, I mean, you really felt bad for him. I mean, it is just, that is an all time loss. I mean, Sahith, it's one thing, it's the Phoenix open, but she's a major championship to let it slide like that. I, I, I thought overall they did a good job conveying. How big of a moment that was? I don't know. I was, I, I was thinking about you know I've I've been on hand for you know a handful of these kind of collapses in majors like Phil at Wingfoot 2006, Spieth at the Masters in 2016. I even thought about Jason Duffner against Keegan Bradley at the PGA. Those were such heavy moments. Um, I don't and maybe it was because Pereira handled it so well, he but did I don't feel well. like I don't feel like they conveyed the devastation or the, the the drama of losing a major in such a way as effectively as they could have. And maybe it's just because he, he was, you know, able to handle it pretty well. Yeah. Um, but I just could just imagine if you had that kind of access on Spieth and Greller when he's hitting the balls in the water on 12 in mm. 2016. Oh my God. Yeah. That would, and yeah. I, so you only have what you have, but, but it just, I don't think it was it was um, as impactful as it possibly could have been. I'm gonna put it more into historical perspective. It is kind of surprising that you say that that they didn't show a quick clip of Phil, a quick clip of John Vandeveld. Vandeveld, yeah, like that. I mean, because this is an all time collapse. Uh, yeah, that's that is true. They could have they could have linked they could have put it in better context. One thing I did like in the absence of Pereira breaking down and crying, which didn't happen. Right, which is probably right. they would have they would have liked. They should that. have had it on you. You would have been crying. That would have been. Even I, more they should have just gone with me. I would be uh, Pereira's no. cry boy. Yeah. <laughs> just like, like angry Obama on Key and Peele. I'll be the emotional Pereira. <laughs> uh, I'll be the one crying for him. No, but one thing I really liked about the what they did uh, in lieu of that was it felt like they lingered on that 18th hole forever. And yep. by the way, have you noticed? But they took the music away which usually there's music going on in these dramatic moments. And all of a sudden it was just him sitting there on the green and you watch him walk up to the ball in the rough. Then you watch him hit. Then you watch him walk back to the other side of the green. And it was just like, boy, they are really making you live this moment. And I, I did, I, I actually agree with you that like the context was missing, you know, about just how devastating this was, but 
in terms of the filmmaking in that part, I really did feel it like in my bones, I wanted to leave that moment. And I think that's like a, that's good. That's a good. You're uncomfortable. Like it was a. Yes. It was a oh like, yeah, yes. I was like exactly. a new scene. Please give me a new watch. scene. Like I can't. I can't sit exactly. here with this anymore. Um, Fair point. Maybe is it possible that because this was like the fifth time they've gone to the PJ Championship <laughs> that they felt like they've hit home <laughs> that it's it's a major and it's one of the four biggest events. I. I don't know. Like, but that's all the more reason why they should have held no. back on I some agree. of the stuff from I, earlier. I know. I know. I, but then part of me is like, well, how could they show Justin Thomas winning the PGA yeah. at least showing how he won? I know it's, it's, it's really tough. These are very tough decisions. You know, yeah. I mean, like I was just saying one thing they could have done and I wrote this down was, you know, okay. I understand why you're contrasting JT and Jordan and why you have their friendship, but if you choose to have JT and Mito as your main characters for an episode, like yes. it's a very, this is a very simple way where you just focus on one tournament again. Yes. It's, yeah. I mean, and they're we're, like, they're, you can contrast them very easily. They're very different people. You know, I, I don't know. I, and yeah. they wanted the friendship. They wanted the frenemies theme. Okay, fine. Uh, but you, that, you know, that's a really good point because these are my two least favorite episodes. The first I one agree. and this one. I agree. And, and that would have been a way to really make the first episode um, really interesting. If you had that, juxtaposition of those two by the way just really quickly you had mentioned 18th fall i will give you that that there was some great um footage there of his wife getting up didn't really see she's like i missed it does he need to make this for double bogey so that that was great um because it's kind of like that level of of um uncertainty and and obviously feeling for him i did yeah. think i will I, I will say though the interplay between the his wife and the caddy's wife felt a little forced to me. She says, "I really can't believe this." I, know, I was just thinking, I, it's so exciting. Saying it in the least excited voice ever. <laughs> so, again, I'm being really nitpicky, but I, I again, I'm I am really grading this on a curve because I like find I said out later that that the caddy's wife is an actress. Very <laughs> <laughs> good one then. His caddy's not uh, even like the good. golf's definition of a crisis actor. <laughs> Literally get there. Uh, <laughs> I, I I thought that too, and I was like, and, and also like I said before, I've been on scene watching how awkward it is for people to be followed with the camera. So, but then yeah. all of a sudden, the last shot of the caddy's wife just weeping, and you're like, oh man, like yeah, all the no, funny right. like there is like it's they do get one moment in. I, I I don't know if this is this is not about the show, and this is like maybe a little tangential, but watching this, even though I agree with you that it's it's nowhere near the the you know top of my favorite episodes. It did get, you did get to know Neiman a little bit better and Pereira mm -hmm. a lot better. Everybody in Chile start drinking about when they are 18, but actually, if you're from where Mito is, probably when you're 13, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Mito is built different. He's like a country boy, you know? It's all about the piscola. Built different. And my big thought was, man, what a shame live golf is and not not getting into the whole debate about it, but what a shame yeah. that these guys are no longer sort of on the, on the radar of like the PGA tour and no longer playing against the best players. Because one of the cool things about Netflix, even in an episode, that's not our favorite, the, the way you sort of learn about these people and the context you can take forward the next time you see them in a tournament, it bummed me out that we're not going to see them this year. I mean, we'll see them in majors, I guess, but it, well, it was, I mean, yeah. you could watch live on CW. <laughs> Well, I'm, but I'm saying, like, well, even separate. 
you know, you could. But, yeah, but like, Shane's like talking really like they've entered the witness guys. protection program, you know? Yeah. Like, we'll never hear from them again. Like those guys, Shane, you can st- they still play golf. But you yeah, but they don't golf. play golf against each other. It's, just, you know, it's, it's no different than watching the PGA Tour, right? You're going to have that same feel. Like, you go, okay, you could watch Live and you'd miss the PGA Tour guys. You watch the PGA Tour and you're going to miss the Live guys. I guess what I'm talking about is like the schism in general without getting into oh, like I, I agree. what I you prefer. It just sucks that they're all apart. It like just on a very basic level, it like hurts the heart that this is happening. Of course. Of course. I mean, yeah. that's, 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 that's exactly what the problem um, that we're confronting is, right. Is that the game has been bifurcated and there's not this central, you know, meeting ground where we can sort of compare one to each other, but that you're right. It's tangential, but you're, this show is, is bringing that out because ideally yeah. this would be, a show that would elevate golf and it's elevating golf, but now, you know, it's, it's so spread out that it's not, uh, it's not as easy to follow. It is really interesting though. And again, it, this speaks to how difficult it is to cover this because obviously they don't know anything that's going to happen when they start filming these guys. But the fact that Neiman is on live now, as you mentioned, and Pereira is 99.9% on live um, Pereira it, there, there is not going to be in any of the majors. I don't think he's inside the top 50. Neiman will be as long as he's in the top 50, but that's even going to start going down. So you're right. It's like they're building it up. Like he won this big event, this historic event at Riviera, but like he's never even going to play in those type of events anymore. It's just so well, bizarre. Prayer will get in because of his top, but he finished 30. I was going to say, does yeah. that qualify him? Like being over oh, PGA? Hot? Okay, yeah. fine. He will, but, like, but I'm saying- But you're like, right, even still. It, it, he, th- these guys are barely now going to be clinging on to qualifying unless you know something changes with with the world golf break or anything like that it's it's just funny because like they 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 build up these events as they should but now these guys went to somewhere where they're not even going to be playing in those events necessarily it's just and again i don't know how they could have covered that because they could have covered it with neiman uh but i guess they probably felt that they had already done enough of the live jumping with with dj and 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 polter and and kepka but you know it is it is interesting how it turned out with those guys because they like you said Sam I mean, they kind of cut it off in the middle of the season and then wiped their hands with these guys. Although they didn't, I, um, but they were filming them in Memphis, Shane. But then they don't they include much of that, I guess. No, there. Well, Memphis was kind yeah. of a dud, and and that that was actually instructive. As in, you know, you can send your crew in for a whole weekend and use absolutely nothing. You know, it, it's just a thing of like yeah. how often you have to be there and how much it can just come right. up empty. Um, it's right. It's like I said, they they made the decision to make these, you know, 45 minutes and, and eight episodes of them. And you had to you had to make hard decisions about what you wanted to include and what you couldn't. So, I, you know, you never know what some of the and we, this is another one of those questions for Chad. I'm like, what were the top five things you left on the cutting room floor? Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. I um. One thing, I two little notes I made here. I was at the PGA, and, and when Mito collapsed, I was with Justin Thomas on the range. I had no idea how bad Faldo killed him on the broadcast. He's going with a lot of club again. Oh, my goodness. He couldn't make a follow-through. Where is it? Oh, my it's goodness. It's in the water. Oh, my goodness. And, 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 and he was completely right. He didn't do anything wrong. But I was like, that's... That's interesting that like it's cool that they intersplice that kind of stuff in with the, you know, the footage on the actual course. And then the other one, I had no idea. Um, I guess I wasn't watching or maybe I was watching the Super Bowl by that point. I had no idea that Thagala broke down crying. Uh, yeah, yeah. That our former colleague Dan Rappaport made him cry with that aggressive question. Uh, 
No, but I didn't realize how emotional he had been. And so, yeah, I just think those two things are like a great example of what Netflix can do and what they can bring to the table. Uh, even for people who are immersed in this stuff, the little details you're going to miss. And I, I like that as a positive thing. Yeah, it was kind of crazy how, how because that was a big deal. I remember we did a post even about it, how Sahith crying after that. And we just, just so emotional. And then, and then we did another, I remember we definitely did a post about how well Mito handled it. And it was actually, I'm surprised I didn't show it. It was actually an interview with Amanda Renner that, I mean, it was just amazing that he could even stand there and answer any questions, let alone the way he did it. So I, I remember at the time, to your point, Shane, being like, wow, this guy is pretty amazing. And, and I, I'm looking forward to getting to see him more. And now, yeah, he's probably... He's- By the way, that's that's a great point. Here I am lamenting that they didn't show the devastation. It's okay to say he wasn't that devastated and right. put that in context, right? And right. again, it's so unfair for me to be Monday, Monday morning quarterbacking of all the decisions they made. But uh, one of the things as an editor that I would have loved to have known is... By the way, his reaction was incredible by the standards of what guys usually do after episodes like that. That's that's worth exploring as well because it at least offers a layer of context as opposed to just taking it as like, yeah, he just he lost a PGA and no big deal. The other thing that they're talking about Mito's uh, junior golf career, they said something like he was playing and then he quit. He won everything in Chile. He won everything on the States. He was awesome. And then he quit. Mito stopped playing for a few years, and it was actually Joaquin that made it to the PGA Tour first and found success earlier. Did you see that? And then they never. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote this down, Sam. I wrote this down too. Yes. Neiman said it at one point. Neiman said, then he quit golf, and then I, you know, yeah. I, I like why did like why don't you go into that? That's fascinating, right? <laughs> my notes. He quit. Yeah. Mark, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, like that's a yeah, that's a pretty big matzo ball to not. Right actually uh you know explore further i googled it and the story is he just quit between 14 and 16 for two years and he's just like i got tired of it and that's all the story so maybe it wasn't good enough but i'm with you i was like how can you drop that and then it's the most interesting thing probably about his backstory and like what what happened why did he quit right and and frankly i think two years is a long time that you know at that stage in your development those are those are huge years oh yeah 100%. One thing I wanted to go back to, I wish they had shown um, in terms of how he faced the media after. I was at his press conference, and the last question was one in Spanish. And the question was, uh, if you could do something differently, what would it be? (laughs) Which I thought was just a perfect perfect question. And and he laughed, and like Pereira laughed. I've never seen a human being react the way Mino Pereira did to such a devastating situation in sports or otherwise. Uh, and yeah. yeah, I wish they had asked him about that. Like, even that question of like, why aren't you crying? Why aren't you like dev- quietly devastated? Uh, Might have been interesting to see. So we're now seven uh, eighths of the way home. We know we have a we have a general understanding of what the eighth episode is about. So it's like it's fair to ask, uh, what do you wish um, this series from this season at least covered that it did not cover? Well, I'm disappointed. Good question. As a big- uh, Xander Shoffley fan, he was signed up as one of the guys, and there hasn't been a mention of him, I don't think, yet. And maybe he'll be worked into this last episode if they do some kind of run-up to the Open. He got hot. He started winning. I mean, I don't know really what his storyline is, but that, to me, and that's a that's a weird one because I know you guys probably weren't thinking of that, but I'd like to see more of that. Uh, Sam, I'm with you. They, they, you know, they got into it a little with the rookies and Mito coming up through the Corn Ferry Tour, um, but there wasn't 
there isn't going to be any sort of like guy making it. I, I guess sure. you know, maybe, teetering on the edge, but teetering on the edge. Exactly. Fighting for your life, for your job, mm-hmm. because even Joel Damon, they're like, yeah, he's kind of comfortable. He's in this zone that he's finishes 70th every year. Um, and, and, and now the tour is even making, you know, these changes where guys aren't even sure how that's going to affect them now, but you know, the typical, the guy on the one, you know, around the 125 marker who doesn't make it into playoffs. I, I would assume this last event will have to touch on the tour championship on some level, being that it's Rory. Um, they really, you know, for anyone who was worried about um, this being too kind to the PGA tour or anything, they really have not gone out of their way to pump up the tour. They barely talked about the players. They've no. barely mentioned the FedEx cup, which is supposed to be this whole season long thing, but maybe with Rory, we'll get, get into that a little the tour championship, but again, something on a guy, you know, having his next year, he doesn't even know where he's going to be playing as he gets into Shane, your favorite tournament, the Wyndham championship. Um, the best. If they, if they got into that. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Chad Mum said this, and I believe him, that he wouldn't have been interested in doing this project if he didn't have the green light to do it how he wanted. Right. So, I, yeah, I, I bought into that from the beginning. That I really don't think, and I think the tour gets it. And if they didn't get it before Drive to Survive, they'd probably get it after, that the benefits of the popularity you can get if right. this thing works so far outweigh whatever PR concerns um, you might have. I think, yeah, to your question, Sam, I, I, it's hard to pinpoint anything specific, but I would just say in agreement with Alex that when you see how successful the Damon episode was, mm-hmm. you just go, yeah, they probably didn't need to like be at the PGA championship four different times. There there's right. probably, they, it, it, you got to have the big names, no doubt, but there's probably like so many good stories out there. It'd be a good question for Chad. If you had to do it over again, would you have gone with some of like the lesser guys or picked out these weird, you know, like strange stories that might've translated into way more interesting, you know, film basically. Right. They are going to do a second season of this. They've already signed guys up for that. So we will have an opportunity to maybe go into some areas that they weren't able to go into in, in this season. Um, I do think that in your first go around, a, a bit of a miss or a bit of an opportunity was to have some better representation of that that player who is fighting for his livelihood and fighting for his career. It just is somewhat a byproduct of the fact that golf doesn't really have that harsh line like it used to. It used to be if you were 125th, uh, that was you were you know you were you had salvation 126 you were confined to sort of purgatory it's a little bit more lenient or a little bit easier for guys there's a lot of of uh pathways for players who are you know having a tough season to 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 still re- regain some level of status but um that's the one thing i'd like to see is the pressure you face not just to win but to be relevant right. you know one guy i would love to see next season uh, is this up and comer named Mike Oxlong? Yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with him at all. Uh, <laughs> you gotta say it fast, Shane. Gotta you gotta it. say it fast. You gotta yeah. say it fast. Uh, I, that that part made me laugh, and I was glad they included that so much. And they like they went back to it three times. Yeah. <laughs> like we're gonna see we're gonna see this little kid play the Mike Oxlong joke on three okay. different golfers. Amelia um, Grito is just completely. <laughs> Yeah, no idea what was going on. Um, the little, just in terms of little moments, I wrote that one down. I wrote that down good. that, um, you know, Thigala was way overloading his washer. I thought putting oh, way yeah, too many, way too many clothes in that washer. I, that that is not going to work out for it. It's going to flood. Um, I don't believe you know when he was signing autographs when the kid was like, uh, "I watched you at the Phoenix Open." Thank you. Yeah. The last hole, I cried. 
Dude, I did. appreciate it, man. You were the GOAT. Like, you're my hero. Wow, well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. I was like, I don't believe that kid. I think that kid's a scam artist. <laughs> I, don't believe, I don't believe that he cried. Uh, the fourth thing is that I want a Piscola. I've had Pisco Sours before, but never a Piscola. Yeah, what, what is it? It's it's a Coke and what? What's the liquor? It's called Pisco, and it's a it's made from Peruvian grapes. Uh, it's like fermented grapes or whatever, it's, but it's not, it doesn't taste like wine. I've had a Pisco Sour. They're amazing drinks. I recommend anybody get, if you get a chance to get Pisco, definitely do it. Um and then mitochondria, I thought was uh, it was just worth flagging. I was like, that's a good nickname. I like that. You no, know, actually, I thought of another uh, angle that is interesting to me as a golf nerd, maybe not interesting to the general public, is there was not much of a there was not much of a representation of coaches. Mike Thomas a little bit working with Justin, but like guys yeah. working on their game and the status of their game and what they're struggling with. You know that that's a huge thing. Like just having someone who is working through something, struggling, maybe frustrated. Um, seeing that and then seeing maybe some levels of progress like that's interesting to me again that's pretty granular and pretty golf nerdy and so, so maybe had not a great opportunity with brooks kepka to, to do that uh, especially with i mean isn't he with claude Harmon? and they had claude Harmon in the other episode they could have they could have easily segued into that that's a good point because they they obviously did a lot with the caddies uh, or at least right with, you know they kind of showed that side of it and the caddies role you're right i mean that, that's a good point, Sam. Yeah. You don't sound so surprised. I'm like, good for yeah. one an episode. Yeah. I thought you were going to say something with the mental game because that's your thing. So but, I've talked uh, a lot. We've talked a lot about the coach. Game. The coach is a mental game. So you, you, you found a way into that. By the way, Shane, you had mentioned before previously that, or Sam, you did that Homa wasn't like, was a little. Shane mentioned that. Yeah. Did yeah. he sign on fully? Because I was going to say, I mean, he would be obviously a Joel Damon level episode and they had him talking about Joel Damon in the Joel Damon episode, but he would be an amazing episode, of course. And then what we were just talking about, Sam, with a guy fighting for his life, he's a perfect example. I mean, he was a great college player. He makes it on tour. He makes $18,000 in his first year on tour. I mean, how he's even still out there um, is kind of amazing. So maybe, fingers crossed, they get him to sign on a little more in season two and they do a Max Home episode. And then we get the struggling tour pro ends up being a superstar angle. I mean, maybe, so maybe that's something. Yeah. Like. The deal is they all sign, but when you sign, it's with the understanding that you can grant them as little or as much access as you want. And they always yeah. hope that over the course of the season, they break you down and you give them everything. Right. Um, but you know, they're not getting paid for this, right? As right. far as I know, there's no payment at all. And so they can't rightly say to them, okay, when you sign here, you must give us access to your family and all that stuff. So like Thigala is a good example of somebody who did not like having the Netflix cameras there. And in Memphis, like his caddy really didn't like it, put it mildly. Um, and he he does not intend to participate in season two. So there, but then there's other people who or fine with it. Damon, Tony Finau, these guys really liked it. And I think they're going to see the benefits of it. Um, so it will be interesting in season two to look at the reaction to the show and see how many people give more access based mm. on that, based on like, what you know, look what you can gain from it versus, you know, what people might be saying around the clubhouse, like the people like the Gala or whatever that, you know, I really didn't like having these guys around all the time. It's kind of a pain. And if people are going to react that way, thinking it might hurt their golf game in some way or whatever, uh, I think there's definitely like a pull and tug there. But you're right, man. Homa, Homa would be my number one missed opportunity. I'm actually mad I didn't think of it because – and the other missed opportunity is not doing the President's Cup. Now, the reason they didn't do that is they want their first team golf event to be the Ryder Cup, which they fully intend to do 
next okay. time. However, I, I still think team golf is so like compelling that it would have made a great episode and what a perfect, like if you did Homa, what a yep. perfect end, end to that story. The yep. president's cup would have been. Exactly. That's a great. Yeah. Point. But I mean, the fact that it was no drama at the president's cup, I mean, the, 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 the dramatic part of the president's cup was like that it ended up not being a total landslide. Yeah. Well, but also you had the live stuff there too. And the guys getting squeezed out, uh, you know, not being allowed to participate, obviously, and and that changed who was on the teams. And yeah, it would have been, it still would have been fun with the Kisner stuff, I guess. I, it makes sense that they want to focus on the Ryder Cup because if they did a big Presidents Cup, then they have all the talking heads next year. The Ryder Cup is is every two years, <laughs> but it's not when the Presidents Cup is. You know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. All right, so well, that makes sense. As we go out here, I mean, we're we're about to go into episode eight, which I have a feeling is going to be a banger. I have not seen it yet. Um, but to to go a step further from what Sam was doing, as a last thing, and this this is like very much putting us all on the spot, based on your expectations, based on the product, what is the letter grade for you for the entire series? No, we can't do that now. Why do yeah, it now? Do it do it now before the before the good last episode. You're gonna be biased then. You're gonna give it an A plus after you see Rory at the open. No, but that I I I, I mean <laughs> I I will participate in this exercise, but I feel like that's part of the calculation. I mean, you can't you can abstain. You, you can't abstain. cut out of a movie, you know, it, like with the 10 minutes left in the movie and be like, how is the movie? It's not fair. I mean it may not be fair, but I mean this is the this is the project. This is what I'm this is what I'm proposing. All right, so to this point, what to this point, seven seven eighths of the way through, you're on the sixteenth hole. How do you rate the golf course? I'm like between. I'm between. I'm a very generous grader usually. I'm between a B plus and an A minus, leaning A minus. Because then, if we get a great final episode, I'll bump it up to an A. Is that is that fair? That's totally fair. All okay. right, so let me ask you two questions. A uh, to what extent are we allowed to factor in the fact that we think the eighth episode is going to be pretty good? <laughs> you can't. And, and no, you can't factor in. You got to just judge. You you just no. got to judge, judge. Judge on what you've got. Okay. And also, are we grading it based on what our expectations were, or just as a going in completely cold? That's you. That's up to you. I would say you got to. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at B plus, A minus two. Probably, I'm actually right there with Alex. I, you know, it's still been a very good show. I I think I've spent too much time the last few episodes being nitpicky, and again, I really do think that's because I've started to take this as a piece of. I hate. I'm using this phrase loosely as a piece of art, and I'm looking at it through the eyes of a of a, a you know storytelling and filmmaking, as far as a story. You know, a golf. Let's just call it a golf video. It's incredible. It's, they've done a great job of humanizing these people. A lot of my nitpicks are of the sort of artistic and aesthetic uh, quality. Yeah, I'll go a little lower than you guys. It's a B for me, I think, with a good chance of it being a B plus by the time we we get episode eight. Uh, we all we all have our gripes, but I think it is in the end uh, a positive that we have this in the world <laughs> in a big way. Uh, it's for all our nitpicks. It's I, I have enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed talking about it. It would be a B minus if I didn't get to jam with you guys after every episode. You're a legit critic, and so it makes sense that you would give a lower grade than us. We're we're probably more apt to to dole out higher grades. I will say one thing: based Sam brought up expectations. I had incredibly high expectations, and probably unfairly high expectations because you start watching these things, and again, a lot of the stuff we see, and we're like, "Oh, that's awesome! I never saw that." But a lot of stuff you're like, "You know, and whatever." So. Again, where we come from with our jobs definitely plays a big influence on it. So from that standpoint, they've actually done a really good job, I think, because 
after the first episode, I was like, oh man, this, this is not going to live up to my expectations. And now it kind of has. And to bring up just another, do you remember a few years ago? I mean, I hate not to just crap on the, the tour. Remember when the PJ tour did that documentary on like tiger season and then winning no. the championship? You don't. I don't, okay, I so don't, I don't even remember that. that. They promoted yeah. it. It was like a big deal. It came out around new year's. And, um, and now part of this was tiger, obviously not being great with granting access or whatever that documentary or whatever you want to call it. It was like an hour and a half or something. It was just straight chronological. It was so boring. It was unbelievable. <laughs> and I was so excited. I made my wife watch it. I was like, we're going to watch this time. It's going to be so cool. We're going to get a babysitter. What? Right. By the time yeah, yeah. the tour championship, it was good. But that was the last like 15 minutes. Like they were like, then he went to Riviera. Then he went to, tour. it was just like, so like these guys have done such a great job in terms of not just, you know, being beholden to chronological timeline. Um, yep. Jump, you know, I saw. I've said at times maybe they jump around a little too much, but I'd rather them jump around than do what that what the tour did with the Tiger Doc. And then again, the fact that they were able to enlist so many guys who gave them good access, like you said, Shane. Maybe some of them didn't give them great access, but they gave them enough where you got you got some behind the scenes stuff. That's what makes this so much better oh. than than whatever that that one was. A couple every years. major winner and every major participant. Or participant, every major, uh, like they'd factored it in the storyline in a heavy way. Yes, yes, absolutely. Is, is Cam was Cam one of the guys too, or no? I mean, Rory was. Yeah, no. Cam. Okay, oh, so, Cam's so, not one so of the guys. Not Cam, but Rory. No. no. Okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. Um, by the way, the episode one you recall, we had our colleague Amy Hartford on. I got to find a way to get her screeners of like episode four, episode eight, because it would be good to revisit that. Uh, idea that we're absolutely grading this, we're grading this based on uh being golf people and sort of living in yeah. with this every day it would be great to get the perspective of someone who you know doesn't follow the sport as closely and whether they they felt the later episodes uh were still were more interesting than episode one because amy was kind of lukewarm on episode one as well and yeah, I, even I, if you ju- even if you just showed her the damon episode and say like does this seem miles different than the first episode well too? that's a leading question you can't say it like that you just <laughs> you, you say it afterwards how, how much better is this episode? Yeah, this is way better right <laughs> gun to your head <laughs> tell me it was good tell me it was say it was a good episode <laughs> just not just just blink once if you agree this was a good episode. hold up today's newspaper and tell us <laughs> <laughs> uh well boys this is a pleasure as always i can't believe it's almost over but now uh now the real fireworks start so uh we'll see you and see everybody for the grand finale